0: Hi there! Welcome to Simple Acts, Big Impact, Celebrating Teen Changemakers. I'm your host, Natalie Silverstein. I'm an author, philanthropist, and passionate advocate for family and youth service. On this short weekly pod, I have the honor of meeting tweens, teens, and young adults who are volunteers, advocates, nonprofit founders, activists, and fundraisers. My goal is to celebrate and amplify these big-hearted people and the work they're doing and to inspire you all, no matter your age, to find your purpose and passion through meaningful service to others. I firmly believe, and these conversations will convince you, that every person can make a difference, one simple act at a time. As we finish up National STEM and STEAM Month, which is the month of November, I'm really excited to share this outstanding conversation with Neil, a high school senior from the Bay Area who started a very impressive nonprofit called Codology to ensure that all young people have access to coding, education, and instruction. I've met some impressive teens through this podcast, but Neil is certainly one of the most articulate, organized, and impactful young leaders I've spoken to. He reminds us of the power of team building and mentorship, and also the very real need to find balance in our busy lives. Welcome back, everybody. I'm excited to introduce you to Neil today. And he started an amazing organization called Codology. Hey, Neil, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me.
0: I'm good. It is my pleasure to have you on today. So why don't you start by introducing yourself a little bit more, how old you are, where you live, where you go to school, all the good things, and then tell us everything about Codology from the beginning.
1: Yeah, so I'm a senior in high school at Sacred Heart Prep in the San Francisco Bay Area. I'm obviously the founder of Codology, uh, which is a 501c3 tech ed uh, organization focused on bridging the digital divide and promoting diversity and inclusion in the tech industry. So we offer a ton of free educational resources, including workshops, research programs, courses, video lessons, and more. And then we've also started recently hosting events to help people explore their passions, whether it be speaker sessions, fireside chats, or even hackathons. And since our launch in in June twenty twenty two, we've taught over five thousand students around the world, garnered over seven hundred fifty thousand impressions across all platforms, built a team of over seventy people, and are on track to raise fifty thousand dollars in cash and computers uh, by the end of August. Um, and we also won. The Riley's Way Call for Kindness this May, which has connected us with such a fantastic group of people. And obviously, uh, we were introduced to you through that as well
0: absolutely amazing well that is a great story and i love that you gave us some statistics that's also really very impressive so let's break it down a little bit how did you get started what was the inspiration for this what was the spark um you mentioned june 2022 that's not even you know just a little over a year ago so these are impressive numbers given that you've only been around for about a year but where did this all all begin for you
1: yeah so i was kind of inspired Uh, my great uncle has a school in India that helps girls in rural areas get education. So all of my mom's side supported that heavily, got a lot of girls scholarships to colleges in India. And my mom's also heavily involved with the Red Cross. So kind of that ethos of service and and helping others has kind of been instilled in me since a young age. And I saw the impact education could have on people. So I wanted to do the same just in my area, uh, especially with computer science, just because that's such an important skill, especially now. You know, technology is is everywhere. So I really wanted to, you know, help people in the Bay Area learn computer science because I didn't really see too many programs that that offered, you know, learning through projects. Uh, a lot of the times, you know, things would be paid. There'd be really expensive summer camps, um, but I wanted to do some free courses. So. We wanted to make it accessible to everyone. Um, So we just started doing online workshops. All you needed was computer and Wi-Fi. Uh, And the funny story with Codology, I was supposed to go on a service trip with my school to Puerto Rico. And the day we were supposed to leave, our chaperones got COVID, so the entire trip got canceled. So I just had a week of of doing nothing. Um, So I just used that week to pretty much launch Codology. I, I created all the curriculum, launched the website, got a few of my friends to help out and that's kind of how it started.
0: Well, wow. well, that's a great story, and you know it's funny. Um, I don't like to emphasize this whole silver linings thing because I think that that narrative is kind of tired. And um, there were certainly lessons to be learned in the pandemic, um, but and we should try and you know look at the positive always. But that was a huge bummer, right? You were supposed to go on this amazing trip and it got canceled. But look at the good that came out of it, and so we we should we should focus on that. I will also say that in the you know forty plus interviews that I've done for this podcast over the last year or so. It is amazing to me how many teens started something, anything, something really special, something that became really important to them, pursued their passion, found their purpose during the pandemic, when we were all sort of sitting around figuring out what we were going to do with all of our energy. And, and we decided to help other people. And I really, really love that. So thanks for sharing that story. So tell me how you do your funding. Tell me how you find the students to become involved in the program. It's amazing that you're making this accessible to everyone. But how would a child out there in your area even hear about you?
1: Yeah, so at first it was, it was a lot of kind of grunt work, uh, when we first started because it was, it was me and, and my best friend since like fourth grade. I, I got him as one of the first like founding members of the team and then, uh, two other people that I was pretty close with as well. And we all lived in the, in the same area, which is really nice because then we, you know, helped put out flyers. We posted a ton on Nextdoor, um, just advertising as much as we could. Uh, LinkedIn because I, I had a few connections on there. I just made a LinkedIn when I started Codology. Instagram, just just anything that we would do. Uh, it, it was a ton of grunt work. I just remember like we'd spend so much time all, doing all that advertisement. But eventually, you know, we'd get three or four people, and every time we got a sign up, we'd be so excited. Like when someone joined our workshop, we'd be like, "Oh my god, someone joined our workshop!" But since then, I think it's become a lot easier to find us just because obviously, word of mouth, and I think through other social platforms, like the way that we've scaled our team now, our social media, you know, gets a lot of reach that way. Uh, and I think just having a website there when people see Necrology, I think, uh, again, word of mouth has really spread our Workshops and our all of our video lessons our courses and that's pretty much how people find us now I I still you know when we see people who apply to our team uh, They give you know, we ask them. How did you hear about us a lot of the time? They say Instagram LinkedIn sometimes discord or reddit stuff like that, but I think a lot of it does come from the the hard work and the manual work where you are posting a ton on these forums
0: and, and word of mouth, as you said, you know, if somebody finds out about something great, they tend to tell other kids that they know or parents tell other parents. Um, and this issue of accessibility, you know, you raised a really good point that there there are tons of programs out there for computer science. Um, if your kid is interested in Scratch or Python or Java or whatever, but they're really expensive. Some of these summer camps are like thousands of dollars and it's sort of insane. And so how are kids who don't have those types of resources supposed to keep up? Because if you don't have these skills, you're going to be behind. And so tell me about the workshops a little bit more So what is the curriculum do you design it do you have someone who helps you to design it so that you make sure that you're actually teaching the right stuff and, and how, how do you put those things together
1: yeah so the workshops are, are kind of like the, the core competency I'd say of our, our organization like that's what we started with. Um, originally I had just made curriculum for scratch Python and a UI design with figma course so it's just me making you know like a slide deck putting all like the code together stuff like that. Um, but obviously, since then, we have other workshops and we've almost fine tuned those past workshops based on people's feedback and seeing what they like and don't like. But now we have around six different types of workshops. So we have Python, we have C++, we have machine learning, Java, uh, and then the other two that I mentioned. So, I think now it's more, it's a little bit less of me doing the direct curriculum work. Like we have a team that does the curriculum that does the actual live teaching, Uh, but obviously I'm still super involved with that stuff just because that is what we started with. Uh, Another thing I think what makes our workshops really special is basically our teaching philosophy. So one thing is that we always try to keep our workshops in a one to five uh, teacher to student ratio. So if we get more signups, we'll usually just split up. Uh, the courses so we'll have multiple at the same time multiple instructor instructors just because a lot of the times you know especially for the more beginner workshops the kids are super young and when you're in a big group with you know 15 20 people no one wants to talk or raise their hand or anything so when you have a smaller group people are talking more they're chatting more they're having more fun I think and then I think the second thing is how we actually approach our curriculum which is through Project-based learning, which has become pretty popular, but I just felt that you know, in all the pro or all the workshops that I was doing before, and all the courses that I was uh, attending as when I was younger, a lot of them were just kind of talking about the syntax or you know the the kind of boring stuff. I'd say I really like when people are just going in and diving into whatever they're building. Like I always have this philosophy: we're building an app too. And everything that I look at is just, let's build. And then after that, we can fine tune. We don't need to fine tune everything so perfectly and then start to build, just because then it gets more complicated. So usually, for our workshops, we'll have a little bit of syntax, how do you actually code. Then right there, we'll have uh, an example, You know, build this. Then we'll have. A little bit more teaching syntax and the conceptual part of it than another um, example and then afterwards we'll have you know they'll build a a bigger project on their own so i think that's what really makes us special and and why the workshops you know help people
0: absolutely and are they um how frequently do they meet and is it after school is on the weekends
1: yeah so last year we were doing more courses so it was like consistent now we're just kind of doing two hour just sessions basically just so we felt like people like to drop in obviously we have a bunch of resources like asynchronously so people can watch videos and stuff like that if they want to explore more but in those two hours we actually get a lot done which is you know it's only two hours but still we talk about you know how to uh how to build something right then you actually build it then you talk about the concepts of it like why it works but yeah, it's pretty much just a, a drop-in session, which I think really you know attracts people because they don't want to. A lot of times, students uh, have trouble committing to a, a long thing.
0: And how old are the students typically?
1: Yeah, so it depends on the workshop. Obviously, for some of the more beginner workshops, they're they're younger. Um, but it can range anywhere from like ten to up to like sixteen or seventeen.
0: Oh, that's great. That's amazing. So um, I'm curious about the fundraising piece. So where does that money go? Like, what is it that you're, are you paying your tutors? Are you providing software for the students? Um, And then how are you doing the fundraising?
1: Yeah. So the the thing with the fundraising, um, we felt like a lot of people around uh, our area, like uh, my family included, we have just a ton of old devices sitting around. They still work, but we just don't use them. So we were kind of like, you know, people can use these computers, these iPads to actually code and to learn how to program and stuff like that. So we kind of had this idea, let's go around, ask a bunch of people, ask a bunch of tech stores, you know, do you have extra devices that you don't use anymore? and let's give them to youth in the Bay Area. So we're partnered with the Siena Youth Center, which is a, a local youth center. It's, it's not too far from my house, but partnered with them, giving them the computers. They have around a hundred or so students. So we're we're on track to definitely beat that. And then now we're looking at other youth centers as well. But already, you know, our team has spent so much time. It's pretty much an all hands on deck type of thing. So our team's around seventy people. And right now we have almost all seventy people working on this fundraiser, which has been really cool to see everyone is excited about getting these devices. We have this little chat because we use Discord for all of our communication. So we have the separate channel and you'll just see folks Like every single day um, of a new device that someone's posting, which is really (laughs) great to see.
0: Absolutely. And it's, you know, you're reusing them, recycling them, upcycling them. These are things that, you know, may have ended up in a in a landfill somewhere and don't need to. And there are people who actually need them. That's um, really that's amazing. So I wanted to ask you about any struggles or or obstacles that you had to overcome. You know, again, it's been only about a year that you've been in in business. But can you share any obstacle that you faced and how you overcame it?
1: Yeah, I think the the first thing is differentiating us or ourselves from other tech ed organizations. Like I know there's a ton, like you said, you know, there's a ton of camps and and stuff like that that already exist. So how do a bunch of high schoolers uh, stand out? Right. I think one, like I said, was our teaching philosophy. I think that really attracts students. A, it's free be you know the project-based learning and see that student to teacher ratio is really good. But I think the the second thing is almost our design and professionalism. Uh, that's kind of how we stand out. Like I had a lot of experience with UI and front-end design, which helped us look really professional from the get-go. And we've gotten a lot of compliments. Like a lot of people just apply to join our team because of our website. Like they literally say, you know, your website is cool, so I applied because I think a lot of the times, you know, the website is what attracts people the most. And I think the, the second hardest part is just being a student and managing an organization. Obviously in addition to some of the other stuff I'm doing and other stuff I'm involved in now applying to college and stuff like that. No, right. <laughs> right. It gets a little bit tough and, and overwhelming. So when I'm not doing anything, like if I'm just sitting around, like spending time with my friends, whatever, I'll start to feel like I'm not maximizing my time. But my my mom introduced me to this concept of dolce far niente, which means like the sweetness of doing nothing. So sometimes I will just, you know, if I'm hanging out or if I'm just sitting on my couch doing nothing, I'll just use that instead of being like, oh, I'm missing out on something. I'll just kind of relax. I think the balance is, you know, it it took some time to master, but I think now, especially over this summer, I think I was able to, you know, balance both having fun, uh, school stuff and, and then obviously codology stuff. And I think just time management, I've gotten a lot better at that, but I think now going into school, especially having a much bigger team, it makes it a lot easier now that some of the weight is off my shoulders.
0: Absolutely. Well, I, I, first of all, I absolutely love that. I think the art of doing nothing and knowing how to relax and how to de-stress and not how to, how to do a million different things. Balance is such an important thing for students and for everyone. Um, so I, I love that your mom recommended that, but I think you're right. You've set something up here. You have a lot of young people who are sort of counting on you now. You have a responsibility. You, you know, You do have these workshops that have to be run. Um, And so you've set things up for yourself in a way that is, I think, having a good team and and building your team and having more people involved is is the best way to go. And hopefully setting this up such that when you go off to college, this will continue without you, right? Have you figured out a sustainability model whereby younger teens are going to kind of take this over and continue this? Because you may end up on the East Coast or something, right?
1: Yeah, I think what's, what's really cool now, you know, obviously since when we started, it was just a few of us, and now we've grown so much, seeing so many people interacting with so many new people. We have a lot of kids who are younger in high school. Um, We're getting, you know, some freshmen uh, are getting involved, which is great to see. You know, that's like the future of our team. We have, you know, juniors, sophomores as well. I think what's honestly the coolest part is just almost feeling like a mentor. Like I always felt like I was the one asking all the questions. Um, I was always the youngest one, right? But now I've gotten a ton of messages from people, like not even outside of our team, like, how did you start, you know, basically ask me questions. So I, I've started to just do those one-on-ones And it's really nice to just share my story, uh, and share my experience with them just so they have an idea of how to be uh, a great leader and, and how to almost start their own projects too. So I always love it. I always love to see when there's other people exploring, you know, change-making, right? So, I've started to almost have this thing where if anyone messages me, I'm like, yeah, let's do a one-on-one. Let's talk for like 15 minutes. Just ask me any questions you have. So whenever people ask me, you know, if they have like a startup idea, I'll help them out with that. If they have, you know, if they want to start a nonprofit, stuff like that, I think is really great, great to see. And, and especially with our team too, they're all so passionate. And it's almost like seeing the, the next wave of people uh, come in is awesome as well.
0: Neil, this is all amazing. I'm just so impressed by everything that you've established. It's so important and the work that you're doing, you're really helping the next generation of young people who, who may not have these, these resources available to them. Everybody should understand computers and programming. It's a gift that you've given to so many and will continue to give. Can you tell everybody where they can follow, where they can learn more, maybe how they can get involved?
1: Yeah, so you can check out our website uh, at codology.org. And then we're at codology.org on Instagram and TikTok. And then if you just search up Codology on YouTube and LinkedIn, uh, we'll be there too. We're also launching a new app. So if you just search up Coden.app, that's our, our website, coding without the G. And then <laughs> our channels are uh, at TryCoden on Instagram and TikTok, uh, if you're interested in, in building an app or, or learning more about that. But yeah, that that's where you can find us. You can join our team. You can find our workshops, any of our other resources.
0: Amazing. I'll have, I'll have all that good stuff in the show notes. Well, Neil, thank you so much for sharing this with us. It's awesome. I'm wishing you the best best of luck in everything. I don't think that you need luck. I think you're going to do just fine. But I know uh, college applications are intense. So we are wishing you the best of everything. Thanks so much for sharing this story with us.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thanks so much for listening. If you were inspired by what you heard today, please follow, rate, and review. These things really matter. And if you know a tween or a teen who is doing great things in his, her, or their community, send them my way. I'd love to meet them and share their stories with a world that could really use a dose of inspiration right about now. You can get in touch with me through my website, simpleactsguide.com. Until next time, remember to keep eyes, ears, hearts, and minds open to the needs of others and always be kind.